Welcome to Explain It for the first Sunday after Christmas. Now, after Christmas, we get to celebrate that uh, the time has fully come, that God has sent His Son, born of a woman, as Galatians 4 says, born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights of sons. Uh, So the time has fully come, and we're going to find in today's gospel that Jesus fully uh, fulfills fills it to the full, you could say, uh, all of uh, the demands of the law on our behalf. And this triune God is faithful to all of his promises. So in Luke chapter 2, the gospel, uh, you'll see time references uh, throughout the text. And the word uh, for time in the New Testament is really twofold, this idea of chronos, chronology, like a, a day of the week or uh, a date on the calendar. And uh, kairos, which means like kind of like it's the right time. So calendar, days and dates, but also the sense that, you know what? Uh, the time was the time was right. It was the right time. So in Luke chapter 2, you have this um, uh, picture of a Torah observant family, which means uh, Mary and Joseph, um, they uh, understand all of the requirements of the law. And uh, you'll see these time references uh, in uh, the text. Luke chapter 2 says, On the eighth day, uh, verse 22 says, When the time of purification according to the law of Moses had been completed. And at the end of Luke chapter 2, it says, Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of Passover, according to the custom. So the eighth day, this is a reference uh, in Luke chapter 2. It says, on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. Now that's one, you know, one little sentence, but there's so much in, in this. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. Normally, you know, uh, the name is given on the eighth day, but we find that this name was given to him before he had been conceived. So that's the story of Matthew chapter 1, where the angel comes to, to Joseph and says, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. That's what the the word Jesus means. The one who will save, save his people from their sins. Now, this Jesus, the the Son of God that takes on human flesh, we understand uh, these three things about him, that he was begotten in eternity, which means he has always existed. He was not made. The creed will speak of that shortly. Uh, He is of the same essence with God the Father, but in relationship to the Father, he is begotten uh, and he is not made. But at a certain point in history, the Son of God takes on human flesh, so he humbles himself um, and he is conceived and born in time, at a certain place, a certain, uh, certain time in history. But he's also born in us uh, as the little song, uh, the little town of Bethlehem says, be born in us today. And so he's born in us. He places his name on us. We become also children of God. Jesus is our, is our brother. Revelations chapter 13, verse eight speaks of this, uh, eternity, this, this, um, this act of the redemption occurring before time. Uh, 
Revelation 13, it says, the lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. Now in the creed, it says, this is what we believe. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ. And here's, you know, the little word begotten, uh, the only begotten son of God, begotten of his father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God, a very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made. And so the confessors were very clear to, to state that Jesus is of the very uh, essence of God. He is God of God, light of light, very God of very God. Um, but in relationship to the Father, he is begotten. Uh, but he is not made. It's not like he came into existence at a certain point in time in history. He has always existed, God of God, light of light. The creed continues, for what purpose? Who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven. So call him Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. Was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. And was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, ascended into heaven, sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. Galatians 4 again says, But when the time had fully come, God did what? God sent his Son, the only begotten Son of the Father. And he was incarnate. He took on human flesh, born of a woman. For what purpose? To be born under the law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons, that he would be born in us today. So the time has fully come. And during this time, Jesus now begins to fulfill the law. So on the eighth day, he is circumcised according to the law, and he's given that name, Jesus. But 40 days after Jesus' birth, his parents, it says here, when the time of their purification in Luke chapter 2, 22, when the time of their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem. So again, they are Torah observant. Torah is the first five books of the scripture. They observe uh, the the covenant uh, and the laws and the feast and the festivals um, and all of the things that Moses uh, told the people they were to do. Luke 2.22 gives us a picture of that. So Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. So those two uh, references are from Exodus 13 and Leviticus uh, chapter 12. So even from the very beginning of uh, the birth and the first few days of Jesus, he is uh, about the uh, obedience of the law, being made uh, under the law, keeping the law for for us who cannot keep the law, right? So there is this uh, phrase, active and passive obedience of, of Jesus. So the active obedience of Jesus means that during his life, he fulfilled perfectly all of the law. He was born under the law to redeem those under the law. So that's just just a way of saying that you know he was made like us in every way, 
um, and sympathizes with our weaknesses and knows it all except the sin. So he led a perfect life. So when he stood before Pilate, and Pilate uh, says very literally, I find no guilt in this man. Uh, a innocent man goes to the cross who has kept the law perfectly, and he bears all of the wage of sin, the breaking of the law that humanity has, has done, and he carries that. And he is put underneath that. So that's then the passive obedience. So he kept the law perfectly. So he doesn't go to the cross to die for his own sins. He goes to the cross because he bears our sins. He uh, has them placed on him. Uh, in a passive way, you could say he he receives those sins. He didn't doesn't commit those sins. He receives those sins and becomes that sin for us. So the time has fully come. Jesus fulfills the law, and God is faithful to his promise. Now, there is uh, this uh, account in the gospel where there uh, is a man who has been waiting for the promise, the promise that was to come of Messiah. And Simeon is his name. And he is in Jerusalem, he, and the, the text says he is righteous and devout, which means he uh, understands and believes that Messiah will come. And he was waiting and waiting and waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and the Holy Spirit reveals to them that he's not going to die before he sees the Messiah, the Lord's Christ. And so he is moved by the Spirit to go into the temple courts and at the exact time that the, the parents come, Mary and Joseph, uh, and they bring Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Again, this is the 40 days after the time of purification. Simeon takes this baby in his arms and praises God and says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Here it is, the promise to salvation. And now Simeon sees this promise in the flesh and he holds this baby and he says, this is the one, this is the one who will be a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And then he speaks some words to the parents, specifically to Mary, and says, a sword is going to pierce you. Not a physical sword, but you who are parents know that when something happens to your children, it's, it's like a dagger that comes and pierces your heart. So Simeon blesses this family and says to Mary specifically, this child is destined to cause the falling of rising of many in Israel. And to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and the sword will pierce your own soul too. What is this sword? Well, it's in the context of Matthew chapter 1 and Revelation 13. She will give birth to a son, the angel says to Joseph, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. How would this child of theirs save the people from their sins? Will he be one who comes in um, and conquers uh, the Romans and sets up an earthly kingdom and fights with the physical sword? 
No, Revelation 13 says the lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. The lamb. There's a sacrifice. There is blood that is shed. And this lamb was slain from the creation of the world. And at a certain point in history, at a certain point in time, this one that Mary knows as her son, he also will be pierced. In fact, Psalm 22 speaks of this. There's Mary at the foot of the cross, and Jesus cries out, Psalm 22, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Dogs have surrounded me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. And a sword pierces Mary's heart as well. But the good news is that the time has fully come, and that Jesus has fulfilled the law, both in his active obedience to it, right? but also in bearing our sins, taking up our sins and carrying them upon himself. And God is faithful to all of his promises. For my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel.